Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this series titled Unboxing God. And this comes from what you can do today on the internet. If you go to YouTube, any product you buy, any product you have, you can put it in there and then there will be video after video that comes up where someone literally takes it out of the box and shows you how it works, how to set it up. And I had to do this many times in my life. Many of you have probably done it. So we thought, why not do a series where we take God out of the box and we unbox him and just talk about different aspects of God. So in lesson one, we literally took God out of the box because God left a box to live in a body. He used to live in the Ark of the Covenant. If you weren't here, I explained what that meant. And then he came to live in a body. He lives in you. He lives in us and amongst us. We had a blast in lesson one. This is lesson two. And I thought, why not unbox the promises of God? Because in my opinion, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing a promise that God's made, praying for it, and never having it happen. And not seeing it in our life, but here we are praying for it. So I thought, why don't we take the promises of God out of a box? And I remember the first time that I learned that God heals, that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed. I remember that first time I learned it. I was only a year old as a Christian. I was probably 20 to 21. And I I found out that God's a healer, that we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I was helping my dad remodel his basement. Uh, So we had slats on the block walls and I was stapling insulation. My brother Tony was doing some electrical work. My dad's holding the ladder for him. And I'm in in a summer, summer shorts and no shirt. And Tony says, Joe, watch, don't touch your body with that insulation, it will make you itch forever. And I just looked at Tony and my dad. I said, listen, Tony, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and this insulation can't hurt me. And, and my dad says, son, you're crazy. Don't touch yourself with that insulation. So I took it and I rubbed it on my, my, my chest. I rubbed it on my legs, rubbed it on my arms. And I said, oh, I'm healed by the stripes. Of... Then it's like, ah! And I began to itch so quickly, cold shower, warm shower, no matter what soap. I don't know how long it lasted, but it lasted, it seemed like, for a day. And I was on fire. And... I learned later that, first of all, I was tempting God, right? So that was not good. And I I learned some other things that I did wrong too. But I remember the first time I prayed for somebody. Uh, They they were near death. I hadn't even gone to Bible school yet, but someone asked me to come pray. So I went to a hospital and prayed. And a couple days later, they, they went to heaven. And I thought, wow, I wonder why that didn't work, right? I remember the first time I prayed for myself. I had a really bad flu. I'm a young Christian. And I prayed and I, I learned some techniques and I said, Father, I thank you that Jesus healed us and I receive healing for this cold or flu now in the name of Jesus. That baby, 10 days, ran its course. I had nothing to do with it. My prayer didn't work. I remember the first time I prayed and asked God to help me with my finances. Again, a young guy, but I learned the promise that God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And if I give, it's given back to me, good measure, pressed down. So I prayed and asked God to meet this financial need. He never did. And so I was just very frustrated. And at those times in your life, You're so frustrated because you see these promises. Do you know there's over 3,000 promises in the Bible that are for Christians? That's a lot of promises. And when you begin to see them and you pray for them and they never show up in your life, uh, you, you can begin to become very, very discouraged, maybe even distance yourself from God, or at best you just say, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not gonna deal with those things anymore. So I thought, hey, 
We all have experienced these things, and why not unbox this? So here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than we've ever understood it. It goes like this. If God promised it, we can believe for it. And when, when we walk out, I want you to just have this just resounding inside of you. If God promised it, we can believe for it. And I want to follow that up with a question. Here's the big question. What are you believing for? I want to take you up to another level for what you're believing for. And there's certain things I like to teach whenever I get onto this subject. So here's the first thing. I like to say to people, when it comes to the promises of God, why not shoot for the stars? Amen. Believe God for what he promised. Amen. And you know what? If you hit the moon, you're still way above the earth, right? If, if you never believed for it, you'd still be down here. But if you shot for the stars, you might say it's a failure. But if you hit the moon... You're way above the earth. So I always encourage people, hey, don't be discouraged because God will do some things in your life if you believe. So I also like to do this. I think this, this has really helped me when it comes to prayers not being answered, whatever you want to call it, faith failures. I like to think about professional baseball players. Um, you know, if, if you are a superstar, all-star professional baseball ball player, your batting average is somewhere like 300. Do you know what 300 means? It means three out of 10 times that you go to the plate, you get on base. Do you know what else it means? Seven out of 10 times, you strike out, fly out, or get thrown out. And you're considered a superstar. And do you know what? Those guys keep coming back to home. They come back to base and keep swinging, right? They don't, they don't stop. And so you and I need to be that way with our prayer life, with our faith life. And we need to be like these professional baseball players. Hey, I struck out. So what? I'm going back to the plate and I'm swinging again. And that has helped my life immeasurably. And again, I'm shooting for the stars. If I hit the moon, that's, that's okay. I'm way above the earth. I want to just share two more things that I think are so important. Here's the first one. When it comes to a creative miracle, sometimes that takes a gift of the Spirit. And I believe you can believe God for anything, but creative miracles are tough. I have a preacher friend who lost his finger when he was a little boy. He stuck it in, a, in, in, in the bike, in the chain, just cut, cut it off. And he's a great preacher. He prays for a lot of people. A lot of people receive healing, and he's just really good at what he does. But he's still, his finger's missing, right? It takes a lot of faith to grow a finger back, right? If, and, and so uh, it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't believe for other things, even if you can't believe for something creative. And then I think I want to throw this in just to help us out. And I don't want to discourage you not to pray for people, but I'm teaching this from, from the understanding of you bringing or believing God for promises in your life. And when you begin to pray for other people, there's complications. You have to get them to a place to where they believe, so, so that, that complicates it. So a lot of our failures are when we pray for other people. I still pray for other people. We have a prayer group on Saturday mornings. We meet at nine o'clock and we, 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 we have prayer requests every week and we pray over them. We have a book of testimonies of what God did in people's lives. So we see God do things. We call that intercessory prayer. I pray for people all the time and I believe God for the best. You know, the Bible says, if any sick among you call for the elders of the church, let them anoint them with oil. And, and here's where the power is because you can lay hands on with oil over that. And the prayer offered in faith will save the sick. So I still pray, pray for people. But I want you to look at this in regards to you beginning to believe 
for the promises of God. If God promised it, you can believe for it. What are you believing for? So Jesus goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He takes Peter, James, and John. So nine disciples are on the bottom of the mountain. This guy comes up and says, hey, my son has this serious ailment. Would you pray for him? So the nine disciples pray, nothing happens. The guy doesn't get better. So Jesus comes down. The guy runs up to Jesus, says, I had your disciples pray for me, and nothing happened. And what did Jesus say? Oh, you of little faith, right? He's trying to grow their faith. And, and then Jesus began to speak to the man, and here's what the man said. He said, if you can... If you can, would you heal my son? That, that, that question's really important. If you can, will you heal my son? And Jesus gave him an answer. And, you know, in the Greek text and the Hebrew text, there are no exclamation marks. There's, there's, there's no punctuation. So we add them. But you can tell that Jesus was emotional when he said this. And I want you to hear the answer. Here's how he answered, Mark 9, 23. What do you mean? If I can, I'm a terrible actor, but that's as good as I can, can do. But guys, you know, I'm, I'm like Pacino. Those guys just, they're themselves in every movie. They're the same guy in every movie, right? So, so it's like, he's really, really, what do you mean if I can? And then, then he says, anything is possible if a person believes. Amen. And Jesus opens up this beautiful realm for each and every one of us. And I know some of you have lots of questions, so stick with me. I'm going to try to answer every one of them today. I may, may miss a couple, but I'll be in the lobbies. They'll, they'll be in the lobbies in Bourbon. We, you can ask questions. But, but he says, anything is possible if a person can believe. But all faith, all believing, we'll talk about how you do that, begins with the promises of God. There's over 3,000 of them. They all begin with the promises of God. And you and I have to find the promises of God. So I want to show you an example. He's called the father of faith in the Bible. His name was Abram. Jesus changed his name to Abraham. So he's called the father of faith. And I want to show you what happened in his life and how he received a promise. God made this crazy promise to him. He's an old man. His wife is old. Uh, she was barren when she was in childbearing ages. So even when she was childbearing ages, she was barren. Now she's older. He's older. And God appeared to him and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Can you, can you believe that? In other words, I'm going to do a miracle because this only happens with a miracle, but that's the promise of God. And he said, as a matter of fact, Abram, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. Do you know what Abraham means? The Hebrew word literally means father of many nations. Now, why did God do that? He wanted him to meditate on the promise. He didn't want him to forget the promise. So think about it. When Abraham's employees came up to him, here's how they approached him. Uh, father of many nations, I have a question. He just kept hearing it. When his wife woke up in the morning, she'd say, good morning, father of many nations. And, and when he introduced himself, wherever he went, he'd say, hey, I'm the father of many nations. God made him hear it over and over because God didn't want him to forget the promises. Do you know what some of the 3,000 promises are? If I was teaching this 20 years ago, here's what I'd tell you to do. Go to a Christian bookstore and buy a book on the promises. But we're living in an incredible age, aren't we? You know what you, know what you, want to, you have to do if you want to find out what the promises of God is? Do a Google search to say, what promises did God make to the Christians? And Google it and you'll have tons of lists come up. Isn't that pretty amazing? So we have no excuse not to know what they are. And so God wanted them to hear it over and over. So notice, notice this story. It's Romans 4.18. 
So when God told Abraham that he would give him a son who would have many descendants and become a great nation, Abraham believed God even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. In other words, it couldn't ha- he couldn't even have kids. So even if he could have kids, God still would have to turn him into a, na- a great nation. But he couldn't even have a kid. So he's like, it can't even happen. There has to be a miracle here. Listen to verse 19. And because his faith was strong, the Bible talks about weak faith, strong faith, and faith in the middle. He had strong faith. Because his faith was strong, he didn't worry about the fact. Listen to this that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100 and that Sarah, his wife, at 90 was also much too old to have a baby. Can we all agree that that just doesn't happen unless God intervenes? But I want you to see what he did. He didn't worry about the fact. The word worry means to obsess over in a negative way. I'd like to say it this way. He didn't focus on the negative. He didn't deny it. He didn't walk around saying, I'm not old, Sarah's not old, I'm young and she's young. He didn't say that. He just didn't focus on it. He focused on what God has promised. So all of us have some things going on in our lives, right? And I'm not telling you to deny him. God's not telling you to deny him. God's saying, hey, stop focusing on them. Stop talking about them. Stop just saying how bad it is and find out what the promises are and begin to pray for those, begin to declare those beautiful promises over your life. Listen to what, what, what it says next, Romans 4, 20 and 21. But Abraham never doubted. He believed God for his faith and trust grew ever stronger and he praised God for the blessing even before it happened. He was completely sure that God was able to do anything he promised. What a great example. And I'm gonna show you a personal example later on and just try to help you see how this works. But notice what it says, his faith grew. So you know one of the ways his faith grew? Hey, how are you today, Father of many nations? Hey, Father of many nations. Hey, You and I need to find some promises concerning what we're going through. Just read them in the morning, read them in the afternoon, read them before you go to bed. And, And that's like saying Father of many nations over and over, get those things inside you. But then notice, and he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. He just thanked God that what you promised is gonna come to pass. I can't do it, but you promised it, and my heart's open, and I'm going to receive that incredible promise. And so God wants us to follow the father of faith, Abraham, and just learn to believe for things. If God promised that you can believe for it, I'm gonna be a little extra redundant today. What are you believing for? What are you dealing with? Are you believing for that to get better? Why not? Why not? Even if you hit the moon and you shot for the stars, isn't it better to hit the moon than to still be down here with no relief, no help whatsoever? So here's a promise I wanna deal with. I wanna deal with the healing promise. And and then I'm gonna just share some things that are really important along this line. But here's the promise, one of the many. Psalm 103, verses two and three. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget, forget none of his acts of kindness. Another translation says, don't forget his benefits. He forgives all sins. He heals all my diseases. Isaiah 53 in the Hebrew Bible is so amazing. He carried our sickness and disease and bore our pains and by his stripes, we are healed. I wanna make a statement to you and then I wanna begin to unwrap this, take it out of the box, right? 
God's promise is God's will. And I really believe in the sovereignty of God. Uh, Many of you might have questions about God's sovereignty. I'm working on a series I'll teach in the fall. And right now the title is Sovereignty. I'll, I'll let the creative team play with that title, but that's what I'm calling it right now. Sovereignty. You know what it means for God to be sovereign? It means that he's God and he can do whatever he wants. He's sovereign. And I believe that. But listen to this. The sovereign God makes promises which makes those promises sovereign. And that's important for us to understand. If the sovereign God made a promise and said, I will do this, the Bible says he's not a man that he would lie and that he backs his promises up. So we're not talking about us being a little God and creating things. We're talking about us finding out what the sovereign God promised. And if he promised it, we can pray and believe for it. If God promised that you can believe for it, here's my big question. What are you believing for? So oftentimes I hear people pray over the years. This August will be 36 years that Gina and I have pastored believers. And I hear people pray and they'll say something like this. Father, I ask you to meet my need in this area if it be thy will. Father, I ask you to heal me if it be thy will. Father, I ask you to heal so-and-so if it be thy will. And I understand where they're coming from. I understand. But God's promise is God's will. And that's what I want to try to help you see. So Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is, this is one situation where we should pray your will, Lord, your will, because he is sovereign. So Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's just before he's going to be crucified. And he's praying and he says, Father, if you can take this cup of suffering away from me, take it away. If I don't have to go to Calvary, if we can save mankind a different way, let's do it a different way. But then he said, not my will, your will be done. When it comes to your life, the direction of your life, what you do with your life, it's all about us surrendering to God and saying, not my will, your will be done. When it comes to what he promised, he's already declared his will. So here's a verse, a section, two verses that we mess up. So TCI, Borman, Warren, listen to this one. First uh, John 5, 14, it reads this way. This is the confidence we have. The word confidence is really important. What does it mean when you're confident? Man, I'm I'm sure about this thing. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That's prayer. It says that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Can we all agree that we can have confidence if we ask according to his will, he, he will hear us, right? We can have confidence that if we ask according to his will, he will hear us. If we ask according to his will, we can have confidence. So is it possible to know the will of God ahead of time? I believe the next verse, the very next verse says, yeah, you need to know the will of God before you ever pray. You need to know what he promised. Listen to verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, so you, you are supposed to pray and know he heard you when you pray. Listen to this. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, it goes on to say, we know that we have what we asked of him. So you and I are supposed to come out of prayer knowing we have what we ask. But how can you know you have what you how can you know you have what you asked for? Well, you have to know he heard you. How can you know he heard you? You have to know his will before you pray. How can you know his will before you pray? God's promises are his will. Did you know that God promised that he would save you? If you accepted him, he would save you and your whole household. That's a promise. What are you believing for? Are you believing for that baby? He said, I'll, I'll, I'll save your kids, your parents. I'll save your siblings. I'll save your mate, you and your household. What are you believing for? That's a promise of God. If he promised it, would that be God's will? Yeah, absolutely. It's the will of God. So 
this verse is just saying the same thing Jesus said. Take a look at Mark eleven twenty four. 24. This is probably going to make more sense now. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. Now, let me ask you a question. How can you believe you receive something if you're not sure it's the will of God? You can't. So you have to know his will before you pray. And his will is what he's promised. So we know the will of God. God. God promised this and he promised that. So we know what his will is. So listen to what Jesus said again. Whatever you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive it. So you have to know what he promised so you can believe. He goes on to say, and it will be yours. And I, I always play around with this, you know, that it won't be yours until you believe you have it. You can't have it until you believe for it. So if you don't believe for it, you'll never have it. If you want to have it, you've got to believe for it, right? So you better believe for it before you have it. And if you, you want to have it, you've got to believe for it. So how can you believe for something that you're not sure it's the will of God? If you're saying at the end of your prayer, if it be thy will, and there are some times when we pray that, right? right? We're talking, then you don't know us will. So how can you know we heard you? How can you know you walk out with what you asked for? And so... When it comes to unboxing the promises, it's all, or it's all about knowing what they are because if you know what they are, God's promises are his will. The sovereign God made them, so if the sovereign God made them, they are sovereign. And so we can believe for them. So I want to help you out with two more thoughts, try to tie this together. So here's my first of, of two. Do all you can do while believing God to do what only he can do. So if, if you're type 2 diabetes, keep taking your medicine got to take shots, take your shots. Do all you can do. If you need to go to a doctor, go to a doctor. If you need to take some other kind of medicine, take, take your medicine. Do all you can do while believing God to do what only he can do. Pray and believe God. So tell you a story. This happened a year ago. And I, I just about a year ago, I, I was having, I thought this must be acid reflux, but it was coming up into my throat and it was burning like crazy all through the day, and it was hitting my vocal cords, and my voice was actually changing. My vocal cords were so sore, my voice was beginning to change. And so I, I just started to do all I could do. I began to just dump all kinds of Tums, right? <laughs> Maybe this will help me. Do you know if you, you overdose on Tums, it constipates you really bad? So, so, so I did that, nothing changed, it's just still start happening, kept happening. So then I cut some things out of my life. I thought, well, I, I'm eating every day, I'm eating uh, hot peppers canned in oil. So I thought, let me take that out, some other spicy things out, right? Kept taking the Tums, took that out. It didn't go away. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. So I have no idea what I'm dealing with. So I make an appointment with my doctor. Do all you can do while believing God to do what only he can do. And I go to see my doctor. He's an internist, so he's a really bright guy. And he looks down, he says, your throat is on fire. He says, this has to be acid reflux. But he said, I need to send you to a specialist because I can't tell. He said, I'm going to assume your, your valve is leaking. So he said, we, we need to get you to a specialist. But he gave me a prescription for a really strong medicine. So I went and filled it. And I'm taking this really strong medicine. My appointment with the specialist was six weeks from the time I saw my doctor. So I took that and it relieved everything. It was just wonderful. It doesn't heal you. It just absorbs the acid. So it helps you and uh, gets rid of those, the burning. And so four weeks into it, uh, actually, yeah, four weeks into it, I stopped taking my medicine, but let me get the story right. Uh, after I came back from the doctor, I thought, well, now I know kind of what I'm dealing for. So I prayed and I said, Father, I thank you that 
you promised to heal us that by the stripes of Jesus, you said we were healed, not we're going to be healed. We are healed. And he carried my sickness. So I said, Father, I'm asking you right now. I don't know what this is, 100%, bad valve. I have no idea. But I just ask you to heal it, and I receive that now in the name of Jesus. That's all I did. Then I took my medicine for about four weeks. Then after four weeks, I thought, I'm going to see the doctor in two. This isn't life or death. I stopped taking the medicine. So the first couple days, no acid reflux. All the way till I went to see the doctor, I had, it stopped. I didn't have any acid reflux. Um, I'm still eating peppers and things, you know? So it all, all disappeared. I thought, well, that's good. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to come back. I don't know. But I kept thanking God. So I go to see the specialist. He does an upper IG. And I'm in recovery. And he comes in. He goes, Joe. He goes, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, your valve is absolutely perfect. He says, I can't see any reason why you have, would have acid reflux. And then my doctors say this a lot. He goes, you're really in good shape for a big guy, you know. I said, well, thank you, thank you. I pray and speak over my body all the time, right? So, so um, I, it's been a year, guys, and I haven't had any acid reflux. So I saw prayer work. Prayer can work. What are you believing God for. Some of you might wonder, is God against medicine? No, listen to this verse. This is a pretty cool verse. Here's, here's how it reads. Uh, 1 Timothy 5.23. The great apostle Paul's writing to the great pastor Timothy. He pastored a church of at least 100,000. Some experts say it was uh, a million. And here's what Paul said to him. Drink water no longer exclusively, but use a little wine. So this emphasis on little, right, guys? A little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Wine would have been the best, one of the best pharmaceuticals of Bible days. Now we have incredible pharmaceuticals, right? But what's Paul saying? Drink a little wine. It's going to help you with some of your condition. But do you think that Paul prayed for him? I guarantee you. Think Timothy prayed for himself? I guarantee you. But while you're waiting, do all you can do. Keep believing God to do what only God can do. And it's amazing what will happen. So take your medicine, take your diabetic medicine, whatever it is, keep taking it, but why not pray? Why not shoot for the stars? And even if the doctor just looks at you one day and says, we're going to cut this in half. I don't know why, but you don't need this amount of medicine. Wouldn't that be cool just to cut it in half? But believe God. What are you believing God for? Here's my second thought. This, this will really help us. Believe God for his best and trust him through the rest. What happens when you pray and nothing happens? It doesn't work. Well, then you go into trusting God mode. And there's, you, just, you don't walk away from God. You keep going back to the plate. You keep loving God. You keep doing everything you can do. Um, one of my favorite sections of scripture, I would put it in my top 10, is in Habakkuk. Listen to this. Chapter 3, verse 17. Even though the fig trees are all destroyed, and there is neither blossom left nor fruit, though the olive crops all fell, and the fields be barren, even if the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. This is an agricultural society. Do you know what that equals? Total 100% bankruptcy. I mean, he didn't even have a donkey left to sleep under, you know? Or if we made it modern, he didn't even have a car to sleep in. He was on the streets. And so this is really an important verse. And did you notice how it begins? Even though. Even though. So he says, worst case scenario. And you may be in a worst case scenario right now, but we need to be the even though, right? Worst case scenario, but even 
foe, right? So what if your life has fallen apart in an area? What if you prayed and nothing happened? What do we do? Do we walk away from God? No. Even though all hell breaks loose, even though my prayers aren't answered, listen to the very next verse. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be happy in the God of my salvation. What's he saying? My whole life can fall apart. I go to plate, I strike out. I'm still gonna love God, worship God. I'm gonna be happy in the God of my salvation. He's telling you, go back to plate, trust God. And I have, I have a shelf full. I always say I'm gonna put this on a shelf. I have a shelf full of things that I've just put them on the shelf and I say, God, when I get to heaven, I need to know why this didn't work, why that didn't work. I'm gonna keep trusting you. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a full shelf. I'm gonna have to build some new shelves. And, and, and I'm sure you have some shelves. But my attitude is I'll find out when I get to heaven. Here's the problem. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna already know, right? We're gonna know all things even as we're known. So that's gonna be pretty cool. But guys, I don't know about you, but I wanna close one more time. What are you believing for? Borman, Warren, what are you believing for? But can we close this in this way? Aren't you excited? that the sovereign God has made over 3,000 promises to you? And aren't you excited that you can believe for those promises? Can we take a moment? Can we give it up for God and just say, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. It's amazing. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, all our campuses. And I really believe there needs to be a little bit of a God moment right now. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to be ministering to hearts. There are some of you, you heard this for the first time. You're really excited right now. My advice to you is don't rub insulation on your body, okay? But so you're excited, okay, so keep, keep growing in it. There are some of you, you had walked away from this whole thing. Maybe you still love God, but you say, I just don't even understand it, the heck with it. And I wanna encourage you to begin to meditate on the beautiful promises of God. I wanna encourage you to begin to shoot for the stars. Begin to pray and believe God. And let God do what only he can do in your lives. I wanna encourage you to pray the promises, speak the promises, declare the promises. If he promised it, it can come out of your mouth <laughs> because it's the sovereign God that promised it. Some of you right now, you're, you're going through a really tough time. So this is a very timely message. And I wanna encourage you to find some of the promises, Google them. Don't pray right away. Read them a little bit, meditate on them a little bit. Get yourself ready so you can know what the will of God is and you can pray and believe God really hurt you. Pray with some confidence because you know what God has promised. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just believe God's doing what only God can do right now. Father, we're so excited that you're the living God that you deal with our hearts, speak to our hearts, live inside of us, thank you. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening, maybe you walked into one of our campuses and you're not even sure if God exists. Or maybe you walked in and you do believe he exists, but maybe you've never ever connected with him. And I wanna give you a moment right now to connect with God. Here's the good news that Jesus asked us to spread. He asked us to tell everyone we run into that he's the son of God, that he took upon himself a fleshly body, that he suffered and felt everything we do, 
right around the age of 33, he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. God placed the sins of the whole world on him. He died, he was buried, spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth, and then God raised him up from the dead. And here's what Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. I will give them eternal life. And if you're listening, you say, I can't remember a time when I made it real, personal, connected with Jesus, but I'm ready today. I wanna ask you to pray for me. I'm not asking you to join a church or a religion. And maybe you grew up in church, maybe you've been water baptized as a baby or an adult, all that's great. But can you remember a time when you prayed and made it personal? I wanna help you take it from your head to your heart. And if you're listening, you say, hey, I'm ready to do that today. Would you pray with us right now? In Boardman, TCI Warren, all of us that have accepted Christ, can we pray loud enough so they hear us? And those of you that are praying it for the first time, just mean it from your hearts. Just say this after me, say, Father, Thank you for Jesus. I realize I'm sin-stained. And this day, I come to Christ. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. God raised you from the grave. And this day, I receive you as my Savior. Now, this last part's really important. You ready? And I call you and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.